Hello and welcome to the Mighty 10 Cup Show Round 1. This week we will be going through all the action from Round 1, as you'd kind of expect. We'll have a look at Round 2, as we'll have a look at the table very briefly, and we'll have a look at, and then we'll preview Round 2 as well, including the very first Ran Furley Shield defence of the season. So yes, there are a few pre-season ones, but they don't really count, do they? Anyway, hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving More, um, your best place for your predictions and opinion. And joining me to go through all of the action is Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, good evening, Paul, and uh, good evening to the viewers. Once again, a privilege and a pleasure to be on the TDM and talking about New Zealand's heart and soul game, the Mighty Ten Cup. Heart and soul game. Oh, you see, you can tell he's on the radio, can't you? <laughs> he's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and we can also tell from the uh, from the jersey that you're wearing. So for those of you on the podcast, um, Stephen's got his uh, um, got his Northland jersey on. Uh, so. First game up, South, top versus bottom, or bottom versus top of the country. Southland hosting Northland. Um, and the first twenty-five minutes, it was all Northland, wasn't it? But they really just, but they couldn't get any points on the board. I mean, that yeah. was. Yeah, I, I suppose from a Northland piece, that was listen. They'll take the win, but that first half hour or so, a lot of lot of dominance, especially at, at, at scrum time but really just couldn't nail the opportunities uh, that they had in front of them. So credit to their uh, their front row. They've certainly packed a couple of big guys in Corey Tapata Collier on the uh, tight head side and Issy Tuanga Fussy, younger brother of, and um, right in the middle there, Jordan Olsen, the, uh, the skipper, calling calling all the shots. But it was definitely a dominant area, just a little bit untidy behind the scrum at, at times. Um, I know Sam knocking halfback, even though he had that dominance, uh, a couple of times was either caught in position or had ball knocked away. Yeah, and so for all that dominance, though, they went in at half time uh, down 10 6. Um, and you've got to say that was, that, yeah, they, they really needed to get be more clinical um, in getting some points. Oh. But um, they the second half they came out and again dominated um, for long, long, uh, for, for long periods. Um, and uh, but South and managed to keep themselves in it with a turnover. <laughs> Uh, length of the field try, uh, and yes, yeah, so, so a lot. Of, basically, Southland uh, totally against the run of play, really, um, at seventeen twenty um, around the hour mark, and was still in this game. And they shouldn't have been because I mean, they, I said they had yeah. no. They, 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 the other side had all of it. Um, the uh, but um, I mean, North managed to pull out uh, the uh, it, it, the lead in the end, um, and it wasn't only it was only really the last five minutes that Southland got on top. And and you often see that from the chasing side, don't you? That basically the side in the lead sort yeah. of goes in their shell for the last five minutes. Uh, but uh, yeah, for 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 seventy five minutes, this was this was Northland um, all the way. Uh, and the fact that they only won it by ten points is well, in some ways, going to be a little bit, yeah. bit worrying for them. Yeah, that 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 is that is the concern having that much ball and not being able to put away quite a plucky Southland. And I got to say those. Two long-range tries were expertly taken as well. Really exciting tries from the Southland boys. So it just shows you that they've got a little bit out wide. But one of the real battles I, I really enjoyed of this game was between Marty McKenzie and Jack Debrasini with their kicking game. I thought both of them had <clears throat> excuse me, excellent kicking games um, for uh, for their respective uh, respective teams. I thought in terms of uh, player, players of the day, I had to really, really think about this one. I thought Jordan Highland looked really dangerous out on the, on the wing, you know, um, coming from his uh, New Zealand Māori campaign. But uh, this is my player of the day was actually Josh Goodhue. I thought he handled everything 
aerially in the air, got his share of line-out ball, and defensively did a lot of work around the paddock. And, of course, the, uh, the skipper, uh, Jordan Olsen, had a game high of uh, 17, 17 tackles, which is a lot of tackles for, uh, for a player who, well, who was playing in a team that had all the ball ball. It's a lot of tackles full stop, I mean. And if you get into double figures, you've had a big, you've had a big shift. So to get up to 17, yes, as you say, very big shift. Um, by him, uh, by by him there in in that one. Um, I guess one of the things that, that we that, that basically this kicked off the whole the theme of the weekend. I mean, you just talked about the fact the the, the good handling uh, and the good play by Southland is we the, the, the conditions this weekend were wet. They were not fun at all. Um, I'm very, I'm just glad I got to be undercover for the games I went to. So the uh, but the handling by and, and the attacking intent across all the teams was great, especially considering. The weather, so yeah, that was definitely one of the big themes of, of the week weekend, and I can say that kicked off with that one. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it, it basically featured right across the game. Listen, you could have, you you could be forgiven if you, we saw a lot of drops here in the rounds, and you saw the odd sort of drop passing, but but like you say, it wasn't just about the rain coming in; it's the ground conditions mm. as well. That dew hangs around a lot of these matches, also night matches, so there's no real time for the grounds to uh, to re- recover the other sort of exciting thing or theme of the weekend and we spoke about it before we went to air it's great to see all these these new players uh, come out of the woodwork again that's the other uh, fantastic uh, fantastic thing about it oh I was gonna I was gonna leave that till the next game but anyway um, the, <laughs> yes it has been uh, the, um, pretty much every team has had had somewhere between three and five um, or three and six uh, kind of uh, debutants uh, playing. Um, I got to talk to at least three of them uh, with post-match interviews. So uh, to go check the, the post-match interviews on this channel, uh, the um, I had a chat with the the scrum half from Auckland, um, one of the locks from oh sorry the blindside flamper flank, flanker flamper flanker from um, yeah uh, um, and and also then the number eight from Bay of Plenty. So. Um, the, yes, there was. It's we've had a whole bunch of debutants. Some of them have played well. A few of them, well, getting found out, obviously. Mm-hmm. But but on the whole, as you, as you were saying, quite a few of them step in. I mean, we're talking talking. I mean, Danny, who was the and I've, sorry, I've got forgotten his surname now. Um, the, the the scrum half for Auckland. We can move on to that game now. And he only came in at the last minute because Ruru, I think it's Ruru, was it? Yeah, um, was yeah, Jonathan Ruru, Jonathan Ruru yeah. um, was sick, uh, and so he he wasn't expecting to start. He was meant to come off the bench. And then he played the full 80 because obviously when you get down to your third or fourth choice scrum half, uh, they're not ready for this level. <laughs> so he had to play the full 80 and he did it well. Um, well and that's the, that's, I'm going to say, that's Danny Tala. That's right. Um, half, half back. And I, I, listen, I thought he was very tidy in the main pool, you know, for a mm. kid, kid making his debut. Didn't seem to have a you know a reasonable high kick game and reasonably good, good speed of pass. Of course, um, another sort of weak night in... In uh, in Auckland as well, there are, I think there are a couple of other boys in the in the harbour side, also making their their debut. Jared Page, former Counties player who shot away overseas, looked pretty tidy at first five for uh, for North North Harbour. We also see, saw a boy by the name of uh, I think Ethan Roots from uh, from uh, East Coast Base, the uh, champion North Harbour club, made his debut on the blind side flank and looked really really good. And uh, Tolai 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 at hooker. Who basically is filling in for uh, the injured uh, James Parson? So yeah, once again, a lot of debutants debutants and doing themselves proud. There were, and uh, one thing about Danny, because of his highlights, 
he can't hide anywhere either. He's a very easy player to spot on the pitch. Um, so yeah, great hair. Um, lo- loving the hair, Danny, uh, if you're watching. Um, so yes, uh, and for uh, I was in the, um, the 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 press room for this one, and so thank you, Auckland uh, Rugby Union, for for giving me the press pass. Uh, but yeah, one of the things that was being talked about in there was. Uh, Auckland have got have, have had a nearly sort of getting on towards about half their squad have been sick or ill uh, this uh, this last week, uh, and hence we saw players uh, Saruru dropping out at the last minute and a few others missing as well. So um, a whole bunch of players. Uh, so so yes, this wasn't a, a, f- a full strength team. It wasn't a team that's been able to prepare as well as they'd like to have done either, which probably uh, explains some of the some some of the lethargy leth- 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 that we saw from them. They weren't. This wasn't the same side as was playing last year, was it? Yeah, I, liked, I actually just thought they were saving all their big guns for Northland, Paul. <laughs> Thursday evening, they're obviously a bit concerned, so I want to put their best team out. But no, in in reality, it was a, quite an interesting start to, to this game because you know it seemed as though Harbour had that early dominance and had that had that dominance at scrub time, but it, it was really really Auckland whenever they sort of got go forward through uh, Hosking Satutu especially. Um, they were able to feed those <clears throat> those outside backs that have got so much talent, and I thought uh, TJ Fayani did a great job in terms of, of straightening the attack. And once again, you see the likes of uh, of Caleb Clark and 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 Lamb and Rayasi with ball in hand. They're they're a dangerous back unit. They are, and that's something they used in that first half. I mean, Rayasi danced through, and Caleb Clark got the other break as well, that led to led to tries, uh, and and that's why they had that twenty eight fourteen lead um, at, uh, at at half time. In the second half, they just didn't use their backs at all. They just, they just seemed to revert to be to a very much a, a one-out rugby, uh, not play to their strengths, uh, and allowed Harbour to to come back into it and to dominate the second half because we didn't really see the the backs from Auckland in that second half at all. It, it's quite interesting, Paul. This is where we <clears throat> we spoke about the handling and anybody mm. who was watching that game. It was a very miserable evening in Auckland on, on, on Friday. There was a lot of inclement rain. Which, which pretty much came came and went, which kept those ground conditions damp at most, on most occasions. And that's where I thought Harbour were really absolutely brilliant in that sort of like, uh, that, that sort of third quarter, shall we say, you know, yep. from the 40th minute through to about the 65th minute, they just held the ball. And they absolutely, they did it brilliantly, made made very few errors. And I think that's where guys um, up, up front like, um, uh, Jacob Pierce and Toyota Mariner all came all came into their own. Tatamai all carrying hard into contact, and especially Carl Tu Nukiapi. I was I was very impressed with him, especially not just his scrummaging, but his ball carrying as well. Paul, he really is a hard man to put down. He is, and it was it was those forwards. I mean, um, so yeah, uh, Carl got one. Uh, Lee bashed over the opposite prop as his his, his propping partner. Um, so yes, it was the props that got in there, um, and. Um, the uh, and in, in, into there and did that. The I mean, both sides missed a couple of penalties, which is why this one ended up being a draw. Um, and a lot of people at the end of the game were going, "Oh, North Harbour could, should have come away with a win." But Auckland, to be fair, did have did play much better. Did have much better the first half, and it was one of those games of two halves. Uh, and yeah, as I say, and North Harbour did what was needed on the night in that second half in those wet weather conditions and, and, and played it well. Listen, listen, good good game of footy. I know a couple of. People sort of mentioned to me over the weekend when it was 28 all and Auckland kept it straight into touch. Gee, why didn't why didn't they go for the win? But you know, really and truthfully, when you haven't seen a lot of the ball and you've got 
80 odd, 80 odd meters to put put face, faces together. There's too much risk involved. You know, Harbour probably had, you know, two long range shots at goal, one from 50 meters from Sean mm. Stevenson and then Jared Page from about 40 meters. But I, also, I think throughout, I, I put down in my notes around about 10 minutes to go, Harbour got a penalty probably mid mid 22 and and uh, and and goal line and they decided to kick for the corner and I thought at the time gee take the points on offer because up up until there uh, Jared Page had been kicking at 100 percent seemed crazy yeah it was yeah very surprised by that one and they they ended up getting I mean they got the try so so well done to them um, from that one they, they I guess in hindsight the right decision but at the time I agree I was thinking yeah take the points go back down and, and come back down again. That, that got them within a score. Uh, yes, the, I'll tell you, in, in the press room, myself and the, the, the Auckland media, I, mean, it was only my, I was the only, only person there from the actual from the media, um, but the, the Auckland Union media people were, were like, kick it out, what are you doing running it? Um, yeah, okay. 80, 80 minutes. You're on your own try line. Um, and I had a chat with Dylan Hunt after the game. Uh, you can go check out the interview with him. But he, he said, yeah, no, he, he expected them to run the ball then uh, and, and to try and play... To, to win the game for me that just seems nuts to play from your own try line um, I, I, I actually sus- I suspect um, from the time that Rousey got the ball and just kicked it straight in the touch I think a, a message must have been relayed out onto the paddock just to get it over the south sideline you haven't lost the game you're right out you're right out of dodge with what is it is it two points or do you get three points because they scored four tries three points because they got they scored four tries so four tries yeah, I, and that's one of the things is that uh, if for some reason the nice up uses a different uh, try bonus point system to uh, Super Rugby. So in this, so it's not you don't have to win by three three tries to get the bonus point. You just have to get four tries. Uh, so yes, this is the same system as they use in the Gallagher Premiership and the Pro 14 and the Rugby World Cup. <laughs> so yes, get those four tries, get yourself the bonus point, um, and uh, yeah, off you go. Yeah, and only Senza could be different. Yeah, I, I don't know why Senza are on the top fourteen of the two that use this. Um, this by three tries, so interesting. Um, we then moved on from from Auckland, who are the, the present winners, to two of the other teams we said in preseason uh, with, with, our, with our preseason show we're going to be in the uh, in, in the playoff picture with Tasman versus Wellington. Thought this was going to be a decent game. In the end, I gave up at half time because it was all over by then. Tasman absolutely dominant. I mean, some some really good play by them. Um, but yeah, this, this game was all over by half time, and it was what I think it was like twenty six nil at that point. Um, great backs, great forwards, working in unison. Hey, when you can leave some like Tafua on the bench, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's handy, isn't it? <clears throat> you know, not not just Tua, but also uh, Pratley. Pratley also, uh, you know, a, a name not familiar with a lot of people. Isaac Simon. People go who? But he was actually selected for the. Uh, the Blues back in uh, 2000, 2017, but never got to play through an injury. So he's just returning from injury. And of course, you're right, uh, Tofora on there. And you've also got Timo Melli, who's a very experienced player as well. And Leslie Fayonuku also on the bench. So it just shows you what they've got there. But you are so right. We went into the game thinking, oh, listen, these are two teams that are going to be in the playoffs. But I think it might, after watching that performance, might be only one team that's <laughs> looking to go through to the, the playoffs. Beg your pardon, because Wellington just could not take a trick. Nope. And uh, the reason they couldn't take a trick is they just basically weren't allowed to take a trick. Uh, you know, the likes of that, uh, that um, 
loose forward trio of Blackadder, Squire, and Harvilli. And you got Frizzell playing lock, quit, and strain. <laughs> Lomax, Makalia. My God, that is a super, that's a super rugby side. It's ridiculous. Yep. And um, the very well-performed uh, you know, no, player I've got a bit of time for, they're calling him the next uh, Ryan Crotty, is Alec Nankerville, who's a, a very, very direct runner. It's pretty handy when you've got Will, Will Jordan. I'll tell you what, these guys should have to start. Yeah, they should be put on some sort of, uh, no, we, we take points off you, sort of, some sort of um, handicap. They, they, they need to handicap, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Tasman made a big statement here that basically they are the team to beat. I mean, people talked about it last year. Uh, in the press rooms with the yeah, that Tasman were going to be the team to beat. But this season, they've come out and they've shown it. Absolutely. They're, everyone is going to be worried about Tasman from now on. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, they're, and they're the big team. And, and you know the great thing about it, they, they keep the pressure on. Even around about the mm. 55th minute, Haveli put a kick down into the corner. Tasman had a very, very quick throw in. And it was like something out of Keystone Cops. The throw went over the, the, throw went over the top of uh, uh, Garden Bashup's head. Running through was... Uh, was Harvili who was going to tow it ahead, but ended up poking it sideways, so it shot off in a basically a leg break direction. One of the uh, Tasman players come through, basically went to dive on the ball and, and slide in, completely missed it altogether. Poor old Wes, Wes the ball Wes, Wes Hooson looks up and doesn't pick up the ball and um, walks away from it. Uh, oh, yeah, fast, yeah, absolute it, fast. It, 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 it was, uh, yeah, definitely uh, out of Keystone, uh, Keystone Cops uh, moments, but we might leave that for another night. So, yeah, so uh, one big question marks around Wellington, uh, particularly around that scrum. And that was what we said, said pre-season, was they, they've got a very talented set of backs. They need a platform. They didn't get that here. Uh, and looking at the other some of the other scrums in the Premiership, they are gonna, they're in for a long season uh, oh. if they can't get a platform. Oh, so. they're... Very much so. We saw some, you know, even in the, the first two games, the Thursday night, we saw a very good Northland scrum. We once again saw a very good Harbour scrum. Auckland, to be fair, came back at them, but all that dominance, they had a little bit of dominance when Marfilio had left the field. But once uh, the likes of um, uh, Harbour found their feet again, they they basically came back at Auckland again at scrum time. And you just saw it again from uh, from Tasman. Um, you know, you, you look at that... Uh, that front row of, uh, of of Tasman, Makaleo, Coxon, and Tyrell Lomax, who's basically an all-black in waiting. <laughs> he is a very, very big man, very yep. good scrummager. He is. And in, in talking about scrums, an, another side that have got a decent scrum is Counties, Manukau. Uh, but unfortunately, that's all they've got. I mean, pre-season, I saw them put Wellington uh, scrum and Bay of Plenty's scrum into reverse against Taranaki, they did the same thing. They put the Taranaki scrum yeah. into reverse quite quickly. <laughs> but unfortunately, and, and they've got a whole bunch of offloading backs. It's not just Sonny Bill Williams. I mean, lots of the, that's their style of play for counties, is they enjoy offloading. The problem is they've got no defence. Yeah, and they just be, shipped points. Yeah, they, they will be scratching their heads, wondering with that scrub dominance, how they actually, how they actually lost, how they lost this game because... Uh, Really, on you know, it's sort of once again in, in, in damp conditions. Unfortunately for counties, they didn't quite get that um, to that eight thousand uh, threshold. Paul, they ran a they ran a promotion. If they got eight thousand, that eight thousand would basically get free season tickets for the rest of the season. But credit to the counties union, they uh, the, the ones that did turn up, the four and a half that did thousand that did turn up. Basically, you could buy a half price. Yep. Ticket for the rest of the season. And listen, fantastic promotion. Good on them. Um, listen, I don't think the weather was on their side. 
on, <clears throat> on the weekend. No, Probably it a lot wasn't. Of punters, a lot of punters decided to to basically stay at home. But I listen. I, I thought one area where I thought that the real difference was was in the halves. Paul, where Tetoiro mm. uh, Tahuerangi and uh, Daniel Waite in the ni- nine and ten jersey for the Naki, I reckon they pretty much uh, controlled this game. They did, but the other thing you've also got with this Naki side is with a back three of Wanui, uh, Sean Wanui, actually he might be playing at 13, but he went, anyway, um, Sean Wanui, Naholo and um, Potros, those three guys can counter-attack. Uh, Potros might not be a name you recognise, but he was playing at 15, uh, yeah. and he, uh, he he's, a, he's, a, he's a very good player. With with those those guys counter-attacking, um, you, yeah, you, you've got to be very accurate with your kicks. Yeah. Counties yeah. weren't. Um, and Taranaki could have run out better, but their, their line-out just misfired, uh, mm-hmm. and they, they gave up so much ball that way. Uh, but um, yeah, so one of those things where yeah, Taranaki managed to win this one without having any set piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely crazy. It probably says a lot also about the I thought the loose forwards, both the Borshia brothers and Sawakula, mm. did enough to get them over over the advantage line. Interesting, um, you mentioned. Potrose. I was trying to figure out how to say his <laughs> name, so I just started calling him Potrose. Um, Potrose is an interesting guy. He's actually got more hair on his chin than he has on his head. Um, <laughs> saw him running around for the uh, Taranaki. See, we, we, we can actually have a crack at anybody on this show. Sorry. That's absolutely. Um, interesting guy, uh, Potrose. I actually saw him playing for the Taranaki Sevens team, so he's obviously got a lot of flair. Mm. And you could just see the flair. And I, I thought one of the really good things that he did was link well. Didn't try to take on people, yeah. just looked for space and was able to get the likes of Naholo and um, Ormond basically in a lot of space. But I'll tell you what, the, the trial I enjoyed the most was uh, the scrum. Uh, Taranaki had a scrum on the county's Monaco 22, probably about 15 or, or, or 20 in from touch, and a nice little flick between the legs from, uh, I think it was Tauhi Rangi. Yes. To, to wait, um, who drew the last man and sent Orman in for a try. God, that was well executed. That was uh, rugby at its best, Paul. It was, it was. Uh, the uh, One of the players call out a uh, um, uh, Iliao, I think it is, the um, the, the, uh, the the Steelers' uh, number eight. Big, big guy. Looks like he's um, re- oh. uh, a powerful, powerful player. Unfortunately, yeah, just needs to be a bit careful with some of his tackles. They were getting a bit high, um, but apart from that, I think he's yeah. He he, he was a um, he, he he was a good player as well. Yeah, there's one that comes to mind. I think you almost decapitated some guy in the in the in the 22, and I thought at the time he might be in a in a in a little bit of strife. Listen, I, I'll give credit to the, the the skipper Henwood. I think he tried pretty much all day and was, was, was there or thereabouts. But, you know, once once again, just really not taking opportunity, uh, you know, taking their real opportunities with their, with their chances. And probably the back, back three were just a little bit too quiet for me. Sonny, William, or Sonny Bill Williams, I, listen, he gets a tick in the box from me. A um, couple of offloads where he really didn't need to offload. They were, you know, they were just in tricky situations. But... Man alive, when he decides to put the hammer again down and hit hit the button because he still has that pace over, uh, you know, good pace over 15, 20 meters, Paul. Absolutely. And one of the I've seen him play a few times now this season because I've seen him. He, he, he I was there when he turned out uh, for Ponsonby uh, in the club game. Um, I saw him pre-season uh, at um, Kirikiri uh, for the the um, the game of three halves, and I saw him tonight. The big difference tonight was 
this was a competitive game that he was competing in. Whereas the other games, he was there to get match fitness and he didn't really, uh, he was being careful with himself. Whereas I think what I think the, what, he, what he's turned the corner with in this game was he was really taking on the line. He was really putting his body into the tackles uh, and he really was, uh, yeah, his, uh, his heart and soul was in this game. Uh, whereas I don't think he really was in those other games uh, because they were they were warm ups or they were club games, but this one, yeah, I think that's to, to me Sonny Bill, yeah, as you say, gets a tick because, um, and I think he took a, a big step forward on his uh, on his match fitness. Yeah, would have, would have been interesting. He actually um, he read an intercept from round about mm. I was only twenty two, and he he just basically spilt it. But I thought that would have been quite interesting, Paul, to see if he would have run the uh, <clears throat> well. If you would have made it, about 70 odd meters, so that would have been a, a really good sprint. And one other one other little thing from this game as well, we we sort of often talk about um, some of our unions who don't always develop their own talent or maybe go outside their union. It was interesting to see Chris Kurandrani and Andrew Callaway, um, a couple of uh, boys who have uh, Kurandrani who's played over a bit of Super Rugby for uh, for the Brumbies and Callaway from uh, the New South Wales Waratahs. Um, I thought Kurandrani did well. It took Callaway a, a little bit of a while to find his feet, but when he when he when he did find a little bit of space, he looked pretty good. Yes, and Callaway uh, is a player that went over to uh, obviously was with the Brumbies. Went over to the UK, played for the Saint, played for Newcastle, no, Northampton Saints for a season, um, and now he's coming back. And he he, did, he was going to he was thinking about whether it takes to take a break before he joins the goes joins Rebels or whether he'd come and play this. And he said once this opportunity came up, he had to come and play. Uh, this to, to get in, get get some good game time, uh, get some good practicing because they, they call this it is this is a good competition. So it's in, yeah, it is, it is interesting as you say those those players are there, um, and that's another theme that that, that that came out for me this weekend is the number of players that are um, coming into minus ten cup as an opportunity to rebuild or give, them, give their career another chance. Uh, we, we saw that against uh, so in, um, in the next game, so Waikato versus Canterbury. Uh, I had an interview with um, oh I've gone blank his surname's Burr but I've forgotten what, what, what his first name is but he's a Scottish Scottish um, a Scottish kid uh, didn't uh, lost his um, academy contract in uh, in Scotland so came down here played for um, How to Pay which is where um, uh, I've gone blank uh, Luke Jacobson uh, Luke Jacobson's club. So and also winners of the Waikato Premiership competition this year, uh, and he um, and he's, he's got himself a place now in the uh, in 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 the Waikato squad, um, starting at six. So probably actually getting getting a place because um, Jacobson is um, no hang on oh, oh John yeah Jacobson yeah is is, is away with the All Blacks. Um, so he. Uh, so it is interesting that it's him. There was also um, playing playing for Bay of Plenty, ex Leicester Tigers, ex Gloucester player, um, who is now uh, heading it back. Who head back at the end of the season, end of the my ten cup season to play for Coventry, which is in the Championship, so second division in the U, in in England. So there's a number of players who are, who aren't getting the contracts they want in Europe and are seeing this as an opportunity to come and play a bit of rugby, um, get some experience, and also. Uh, get get some exposure as well to to um, to get extra contracts. Uh, there was an Ospreys player who came over for uh, and played some club rugby for Otrahonga and is now with Tigers Leicester Tigers. So we are seeing more of those guys come over here, and uh, they're not coming over for the money, 
but they're coming over for the experience and for the ex- and the game time. Yep, yeah, interesting that not only just players as well, but also we we saw a, we've seen a weekend where we've seen a couple of overseas referees, and we'll get to to them in the moment. Um, obviously, um, I kept a close eye on those those officials. Uh, the the fellow on uh, who refereed the Waikato uh, uh, Canterbury game, I sort of thought in the main he had a good game. I thought he might have him and his officials. I don't always blame the referee. Sometimes um, there was look, there was one that looked like it was a a huge forward pass. Mm. Um, it pretty looked to me. It looked quite forward out of the hand, but he, they were looking at a a, a touchdown in the corner. But uh, yeah, I just think sometimes like that, he could probably do with a little bit of help from his ARs. Dan Jones got lucky with that one because yeah, the player got caught in touch. Um, but yes, it, that was a that that was a shocking um, forward pass. Uh, so I, I have a, um, on for my supporters only. Uh, so over at patreoncom mall I um, have a behind-the-scenes video coming out on Thursday where I've talked to both Dan Jones and... um, Oh, I've gone blank as to the the, the Irish referee because he refereed the Bay of Plenty Otago game the following day. Um, So I've got interviews with both of those guys um, and it's kind of interesting uh, to to see why they're over here uh, and what what their kind of week is like when they're back home in uh, in Wales and Ireland. So... um, yeah, become a Patreon a supporter, supporter of, of Driving Mall and you can get access to that video. Uh, so that comes out on Thursday. Paul, I was going to say we, we should probably touch upon this game as well because once again, I like when I was watching the early exchanges and watching... The, which, which game like, is this then? Which one? The, uh, Can- the Canterbury... Uh, yes, no, that's, that's what I was about to talk about next. Exactly, yeah. Waikato Canterbury is next. Go on. Yeah, just... Um, when I, when I saw the Waikato scrum going back at a rate of knots, I, mm. and of course Canterbury got the early try, I thought it was going to be an absolutely long night from the, uh, the men from Hamilton. But um, listen, credit credit to them. They they bar up just when it seemed like Canterbury were, were going to basically uh, were going to take control of this game. Back come uh, Waikato with two tries to uh, to Josefa Scott and, and the, the outstanding Quinton Tupaia. Absolutely, yeah. They kept themselves in it in the first half, which, which let's be honest, Canterbury had the upper hand in. And then in the second half, they just Waikato just took control of the game and didn't let what didn't let Canterbury have the ball, um, which was 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 how they uh, how they won this one. Canterbury only got one score in the second half to um, uh, to three by the uh, by the Mulus. Um, Burr, the guy I was talking about, um, running a good supporting line, uh, got 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 a try there, uh, and. Where you saw teams take control of games in the second half and dominate, it often uh, dominated territory, uh, and, and it often wasn't via kicking, which is interesting. Um, it was about getting the breaks, ball retention, um, keep the ball in hand, and starve the opposition of ball. And it's something obviously we saw in the Bledisloe Cup as well. But the um, yeah, definitely a, a, another one of those themes this weekend was that tides, particularly in the second half, would come out and then keep hold of the ball and not let the opposition get it. And that's what Waikato did very well there, uh, and just didn't let Canterbury back into the game. Mm. And once again, I, I thought real difference in the halves again. I thought Stratton and, and, and Smith were, were actually quite superb, which is a, a little bit of a surprise when you got two All Blacks in the uh, in the nine and ten jersey for Canterbury. Um, I, I thought they probably outplayed the more illustrious pair, shall we say? But a player I, I really enjoyed watching. Because he's not the biggest number eight around, but Marietti from the, I think he's from the Oklahoma Sports Club. Uh, Paul, gee, he, he runs with a bit of venom, doesn't he? 
Yeah, he does. And this uh, Andre makes a good point here that Waikato look like they're enjoying themselves. Look, they look like a happy team out there. Mm. Um, and I think he has got that. Which this was a game that Waikato had no um, no right to win. Okay, they're playing. They're up against the team that's won this competition eight times in the last ten years. Beaten finalists last year. They got promoted. Um, they've got twelve players missing now. Three of those are because of All Blacks uh, that they wouldn't they wouldn't have got they wouldn't have had Luke Jacobson, Anson Brown, Dave McKenzie, but the other ten are injured players already. And they this this they had they had um, uh, what you have seven players on your bench is it or six no six players on your bench, five of those were debutants for um, for Waikato. Waikato had no right to be able to take the second half away from Canterbury with with such a inexperienced bench, but they did it. Um, and Andre says, "Yeah, th- this does look like a happy team. This looks like a team that's th- that's that's going the right way." I was very worried for them this t- coming into this game, to be honest. I think we I think we spoke about that, spoke about that in the uh, preview show mm. last week with with so many injuries, we thought they would uh, would struggle. But I, I think this was probably the result of the weekend, Paul. Um, maybe pretty close to that Auckland Harbour result as, as well. That's a that's a that's an upset of, of sorts. I know nobody either won or lost the game, but Auckland were probably expected, you know, you would have given them 12 and over to win that game. But yep. for uh, Waikato to show so much heart in this game was, was was pretty impressive. Listen, we must put a little asterisk beside this. I, I'm sort of looking at this this Canterbury team. Even they had a few new guys out there as well. Punivai, Gilbert on on the wings. You know, a, guy, a few guys I haven't heard of. Uh, Poi Hippie, the... Uh, the, uh, the the second five and uh, I see there's they've got a few young guys from the uh, New Zealand twenties as well Grace who was the uh, partner for Luke Luke Romano and I see uh, the boy Fergus Burke on the bench he was I think he was the uh, first five for the New Zealand twenties this year yeah and okay hat tip also to um, Mitch Drummond and um, Tim Bateman for their fiftieth caps in this game oh. for um, for Canterbury so congratulations to those two guys remember they only play. 10 games plus finals each year. So getting to 50 takes um, uh, take, take, take some doing. The, um, the, so, so, yeah, so that was a, um, uh, a, a good one. Um, McKay, uh, the 15, also uh, this another 15 who's, who, who had a really cracking game, scored two tries. He was the one that was disciplined because he just put his foot in touch as well. So he, he had a cracking game for, for, for Canterbury. But a player that you will be hearing a lot of, um, uh, Quintin Tapia, have I got that right? Uh, Quintin um, Tapia. Tapia, sorry. Close. <laughs> um, uh, the reason I can't get his name, his, his pronunciation right, is because in the press box everyone just calls him Quinn. Um, so, so I never, I never actually get to hear his surname being being, being, being said. But yeah, Quintin um, uh, uh, Quinn, uh, yeah, uh, he definitely showed up Tim Bateman in this game, got the better of his more illustrious um, opposition. Uh, a lot of a lot of good breaks um, and, and scored was part of the Chiefs setup this year, but um, because he's under under twenties, he wasn't allowed to play for the Chiefs. He could only play for the under twenties. They, they get uh, the New Zealand rugby says they can only play for one or the other. Um, so he was training with the Chiefs, but playing with the under twenties, and he's a player that you will be seeing a lot more of um, in the future. Um, so yes, expect to see him playing for the Chiefs next year. Um, so yeah, congratulations there. Next up, um, I travelled over to Tauranga um, to watch um, Bay of Plenty versus Otago, and I, one of the things you talked about this yeah was was was, was weather, and I wanted to have a quick chat about grounds actually in this one. 
with the exception of the teams that play in Super Rugby um, locations, so Auckland, um, Waikato, Wellington, uh, Canterbury, actually Canterbury probably might have applied for as well, um, and uh, Otago, every other ground pretty much has one covered stand and the rest of the rest of the rest of the ground is open. Um, and so when you get wet weekends like this, you aren't going to get big crowds because people are, there isn't any way to hide from the rain uh, in, in, in those places. So um, Toll Stadium, for example, has got one, uh, which is where we'll be on Thursday night for the for the Northland, has got has got the main stand with a cover and then it's op- an open bowl with lovely grass bank. Exactly the same for uh, Waikato. Not Waikato, sorry, gone blank. Um, uh, counties. Counties Rotorua. Counties Rotorua. But um, also... Uh, Northland's Northern Harbour Stadium again is uh, has got one big stand and then a, an open bowl. So yeah, weather like this will impact um, the the attendances. I wouldn't worry too much about attendances this weekend uh, with, with, with for, for, for some of these games. Um, so yes, Bay of Plenty versus Otago, fifty seven. Wow, um, this one we this this is this is a result I did not see coming. Um, had a chat with the head coach afterwards, and again, you can check that out, the, the interview here, here on my YouTube channel. Um, he was like, maybe not the scoreline, but he was expecting the result. They, they were playing well pre-season, and if you remember last season, we know they didn't. The, the, their poor performances were down to injuries. They don't have an injured squad this season. They've got a couple of injuries. I mean, everybody has, but they're not, they don't, but they're not, um, but not the same way as last year. And wow, we are seeing them. We, 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 we saw here a very strong scrum. Um, a very strong line-out maul and a good kicker. And when you put those three together, uh, that leads to points. And hey, they had the they had the bonus point tied up by half-time. I think all four of the tries were scrum that led to a penalty, that they kicked to the corner, that they did a line-out maul that they scored from. Bang. Um, yeah, yeah uh, very well done by Bay of Plenty. And Otago, wow, this is a wake-up call for them. Yeah, I, don't, I don't disagree once again, this was a game that was over pretty, pretty much before before halftime and another common theme, uh, another team that struggled at, at scrum time and boy, did, 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 they, did they struggle. Um, mm. Very Actually, I was really surprised that a, a yellow card wasn't pulled out by the official call um, to uh, one of the Otago front rowers. I mean, so big ups to that, that um, <clears throat> Bay of... Uh, that Bay of uh, Plenty uh, front row of Thwaites, Nathan Harris and Aidan Ross, they were just so dominant. And just with that hard-working pack of uh, Warlaw and Carroll, and they have a big, big number eight. Mm-hmm. I saw you doing your interview beside him, and Paul, I must admit, you look like a jockey uh, <laughs> standing beside uh, Papali. Very big guy, gets a lot of go forward. He'll enjoy playing in the boot of that pack. Absolutely, um, ex-league player has uh, spent. Uh, so that's that's where he's come from. So he's he's 25. Uh, so he's he's a matured athlete coming into here. Unlike some of the debutants who are who are kind of like in their teens and still growing. He's yeah, he's a big boy, uh, carries very well as you'd expect a, a leaguey to do. Um, but uh, as he admitted in in the interview, needs to get his fitness up uh, because as a prop in league. He didn't. Uh, he definitely didn't play the full eighty minutes. <laughs> and, and listen, mate. And and and, and you, you spoke about Holland's head with his good goal kicking. Um, Judd with his distribution. But I, mm. I'll tell you what. The architect for me is the guy at the back, Chase Tiatia. He just knows when to run, when to kick. You saw a couple of times there. He was isolated. It would have been easy to just have a run. He decided to drop it onto his. He's got a pretty big left boot, hasn't he? So he would. 
he'd send it he'd send it pretty long and um, well I think it's going to be some exotic exciting times if you're a Steamers su- supporter especially with their, their two wingers who look full of running full of tie and uh, Narawa um, look like damaging runners and uh, of course you've got New Zealand 7 centre Joe Webber there that's pretty handy isn't it it is it is a handy side, uh, and um, I say one that I was not expecting to take apart a, a Ranfurly Shield owning team uh, in this way. You got to remember, I guess, though, that um, Otago missing players like I mean Matt Fadders was their captain last year. He's not around anymore, um, etc. So yeah, I think Otago. I mean, they had uh, Henry Purdy um, on the wing over from Gloucester, uh, and again, so another one of these teams that, as you say. Uh, has had to reach out the region to try and fill up their squad, yeah. uh, and I think that's yeah, I think that's probably starting to tell with this um, with the Otago side that they are perhaps one or two players short of what they'd really want, um, and and without Joshuani um, pulling the strings, they 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 need him back big oh, time. Yeah, very much so. The Karoi obviously started into first five. You know, a couple of couple of ugly mistakes you could have done without. You know, once you've had a try scored against you. The last thing you want to be doing is kicking it directly over the sideline and, and, and heading back to a scrum. Listen, I, there probably wasn't too much to shout about for the men from the south, but, I, you know, I yeah. thought I thought Dylan Nell and, and, and James Lynchies especially tried tried really hard, but they, they were pretty well beaten at the end of the day. They were. Final game of the round and um, was uh, Manawatu versus Hawks Bay, and it's, it's a story you're going to have heard of already um, with this one. Which is basically Hawks Bay scrum outmuscled Manawatu uh, in wet conditions and yeah and, and, and won the game. Um, yeah. Hawks Bay's all, all their tries came from line out malls apart from one that was bashed out was was, was bashed over from from like two meters out. Uh, so yeah, Manawatu and again one of those things we mentioned in our preseason show was Manawatu's scrum is 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 going to struggle. They don't have uh, there are many names in there. Um, it looks a bit lightweight and yeah they got they got a working over by Hawks Bay. Yeah, you know they think about it. They for the turbos, they they actually started well. They scored mm. a brilliant try from about I don't know 60 odd sixty odd meters out. Finished off by Northcott, converted by Altedi Black, but then slowly Hawks Bay hit back straight away with a, a try to uh, Brendan O'Connor. Great to see the uh, former Blues man, former Leicester Tigers uh, uh, flanker back in New Zealand rugby, and you know was also. He was a constant menace at, 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 at breakdown the, for the, the Hawks Bay. But once again, the theme was you could just see that through that first half, basically. I think the Turbos probably needed to go to halftime with at least a good 12 or 15 point, mm. point break to have won this game. But in, in, in reality, because they were getting pinged at scrum all day, um, you know, they just couldn't really do a thing. And, that, and pretty much it was a concerted forward effort. Not from not just from the beginning, but you know, right at the end, they were still pretty much. I think the very last uh, uh, play of the game, once again, the, uh, the the turbo scrum was was dominated. And this uh, is uh, 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 a player that um, I basically want to highlight because he's not a he's not a big tight, uh, not a very big tight head prop at all. He's a, I think he's a former uh, former Wellington prop, but Joel Hitz, who's a uh, who's a former powerlifter. And, if he's 110 k's dripping wet, I'd, I'd be very, very surprised. But not a big tight head prop at all. But um, both himself and um, also um, New Zealand Māori representative uh, Paddy Duckett, stones on that loose head side, and along with once again the very experienced Ash Dixon. Boy, they did a they did a number on that uh, Manawa Manawa two team. Not the worst yep. either. That uh, uh, 
uh, front row, Lissiawa, uh, Stewart, and Fraser, Fraser Armstrong, who played for the, the Highlanders uh, uh, this year. So not not the worst, but man alive, it's, it's going to be a long season for the Turbos if they can't get that scrub right. Yep, absolutely. Um, so that's uh, that's how the last round went, folks. Um, say the big themes there were the, the good handling in wet conditions, the, the debutants that we saw, and also um, seeing the uh, the um, some of the foreign players uh, come over. Very quick look at the table because obviously we've only had one one round of games, um, but uh, already um, we can see that uh, Tasman, obviously with that big win. Um, uh, at top of the table, uh, top of the Premiership, with um, Waikato in there, um, Auckland and North Harbour, um, and with Canterbury counties uh, picked up two points, and finally Wellington down there on zero. So uh, those two points you can see people picking up. I say a lot of tries, so lo- lots of try bonus points in there. Wellington probably one of the few teams not to have picked that up. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Tasman where we expect them to be, and I can't see them dropping back from there much during that Premiership. Into the minor 10 cup, Bay of Plenty, obviously with that 50 point win, go top. Hawks Bay, Taranaki, um, Northland, all those four teams I think are going to be there or thereabouts um, come the end of the season. Um, Southland, Manawa 2, both, um, so we expect to be down the bottom there. And Otago probably as well now, having seen how they went against uh, Bay of Plenty, are probably going to struggle too. So I think that, I think there's going to be very much a divide of the top four and bottom three in that championship. So, let's start looking forward to um, next week. Let's run through them quickly. So, Thursday night, you and I will both be up in Fongaray at Toll Stadium for Northland versus um, Auckland. Uh, the I'm expecting Auckland here uh, to come up. I, I've gone Auckland by 10. Yeah, I think um, Northland's, whilst they got the win over Southland, yeah, didn't, uh, didn't, put, in the biggest, didn't put in the best performance. Uh, I agree, Paul. I, I think you'll find it'll be a very grumpy Auckland team that'll they'll be coming north grumpy mm. about the fact that they let, let a 14-point lead slip at, at halftime. Uh, a couple of little issues for, for Northland as well. They picked up <clears throat> another two, well, serious sort of injuries to uh, alongside flank Frank of Sam McNamara and um, also um, uh, Kane Jacobson. Feels very sorry for him because he's been out through most of the club season via HIA, and he only really came back into it two weeks ago, but he was carried off. Um, haven't heard too much news on, on that injury at, at that such stage, so all of a sudden they've had to bring another two loose forwards up from the development side, and also they're, they're sweating on the likes of Aurangi Stokes, the number eight, who was also taken off with an HIA as well. Um, the only little bit of good news they have is maybe Dan Hawkins, might be available for this this game. I can probably see a few uh, of the heavyweights probably rolling back into that this Auckland team as well. I would imagine Jonathan Rudu, um, if he's recovering, would probably come slot back into that uh, nine jersey. And uh, will we pop chance we'll probably see a Kiriwani as well, Paul. Yeah, I definitely see Kiriwani. He uh, was available for this game, but they told him to take a week off to get uh, to um, to get over to, to yeah just to get himself in the right. Um, uh, the, right, the right frame of mind, the right fitness. Uh, they, do, they didn't want to rush him back into this uh, into this one. Uh, he did finish the Super Rugby season absolutely knackered. So yes, he, he'll be back for that game as well. Um, then I will be uh, on Friday night. I'll be at North Harbour versus Counties Manukau. Um As we saw, Counties Counties going to have to improve their defence. Um, their scrum isn't going to be enough because that North Harbour scrum is decent. 
so I'm expecting North Harbour to take a comfortable win there as well. Yeah, I've gone, I've gone Harbour by seven. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, I think Harbour would have um, taken a lot of confidence out of uh, that game. It'll it'll just be interesting to see how um, I see uh, Sione Marfilio left the field quite early. Um, uh, Shane, uh, Sean Stevenson looked to be hobbling around a little bit in the uh, in in the second half, but I, I think so. I think expect this North Harbour team to have gained a lot of confidence as well. And I, I, like I said, I do like the look of um, I do like the look of their first five. Jared Adams as well seems seems like he knows how to run, you know, drive the drive the team around in the right right places. So I'm um, so I'm going to go out on a bit of a limp here. I'm going to go Harbour by twelve and over. Ooh. Hawks Bay versus Wellington. Now, I've got Wellington by seven, but I'm, the more I think about it, the more we've talked about it, the more I'm getting worried about that because Hawks Bay's scrum, or Hawks Bay's forwards, did a job on Manawa 2, and we know that's where Wellington's weakness is. Um, but Wellington should be, yeah, a class above Manawa 2. So I've got Wellington by seven, but uh, I say not, uh, I'm, the, the more I think about it, the less confident I get. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way around, not through any sense of loyalty or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> not, um, yeah. but I think uh, listen. I think Hawks Bay just showed it showed enough. I think I think they really only did what they had to do, um, and they've got the likes of Ash Nixon, a, a man of man of the match performance um, yesterday against the Turbos, and I think they're just firing nicely. But the the the, the player, I I. I think they've got such a good loose forward trio as well at the moment, um, and, you, and Gareth uh, Evans is running it, running the ship quite well. Just um, probably Fakatava, I just think he's got to choose his options uh, carefully. Paulie, a very good halfback, very promising halfback, but he's got to remember he can't play the game on his own. Yep. Um, we then have Manawa 2 versus uh, hosting Taranaki. Uh, yeah. Taranaki by 15. I mean, they they they, they saw off um, counties uh, the weekend, and Manawa two look uh, yeah, but don't, don't even look to have the scrum either. So, I yeah, I think comfortable comfortable away win there for the Bulls. Yeah, I, I, I said to say, got a few friends down that way, and um, also some family. But I I think the Turbos will struggle once again unless they can basically address address that that set piece issue no question they've actually got some firepower out wide but you know you've got to have ball and you've got to have your set piece right yep uh then we have otago versus southland this is the ramfilly shield one um now a, a lot of people after the after the otago um game are thinking that southland have got, got a chance to win this one now i don't think any of us would have said that pre-season or prior to this, so I'm I've got Otago by five. I can't see, I, yeah, I, I, as much as they had a really poor game, I, I, I think at home, uh, with a shield on the line, I think they'll get up on this one. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure who's um, uh, coaching Otago this year, but I think they will get probably a, an absolute firecracker stuck under the mid training this week, Paul. Um, and I think they will bounce back. I think Southland will play with a lot of heart. Don't underestimate them, though, because uh, they can score tries from anywhere, as they showed uh, last Thursday. And um, that's probably their, their only real chance to have a yeah. to have an absolute crack. One thing they will have have on their side, it'll be played, it'll be dry conditions, it'll be played under the roof. True. So um, in, in that respect, we should see a good open game. But I'm with you, Paul. I, I'm picking Otago to bounce back. Now, I'll go 12 and over. It won't, be, it won't be easy. Um, then Canterbury, Tasman, um, 
I've gone Tasman by five. Perhaps I should go by more. But the yeah, yeah that, that performance by Tasman at the weekend, they are the team to beat. But uh, travelling to, traveling to, um, to Christchurch is never easy. Uh, hence, I've gone for a, I've got gone for, I've gone by five. But the um, are you going twelve and under or twelve or over for that one? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm just sort of looking at the at these games. Boy, we've got um, apart from the uh, well, the north the North Auckland game, Battle of the Blues, Blues Brothers, the Matawa to Taranaki, Battle of the Canes Brothers, Otago South, and Battle of <laughs> the Highlanders Brothers, and uh, in this game, it's Battle of the Crusaders Brothers, isn't it? Um, yep. Um, Oh, listen, Tasman's forms are irresistible. I, I just think they'll be they'll be too good all around, and there's not a lot, there's not a lot of love lost between these uh, two provinces, Paul. So uh, I'm pr- I'm picking the mark off to do, to do a number on Canterbury, but twelve and under. Twelve and under. Yep. Okay. And then finally, Bay of Plenty versus Waikato in Rotorua. I will be there for that game as well. Uh, the, yeah, the Chiefs Cup will be on the line for this one, I believe. Um, I've gone Waikato by five. Yes. Um, Bay of Plenty put up a very good performance at the weekend, but Waikato did very well to get over Canterbury's side, and I think that's uh, that. Yeah, comparing Otago to Canterbury is something you just can't do, uh, and hence I'm going. Um, I'm going Waikato by five for that one. Oh, that's uh, that's an interesting. We're going to have to GPS you at the end of the season, Paul, with all this travelling. <laughs> travelling you're going to be doing uh, around the uh, around the North Island, should I say? Um, Bay of Plenty, uh, Bay of Plenty, Waikato. I tell you what, this Bay of Plenty team is playing with a bit of confidence, and I know Waikato did very, very well, well the other night. But I am going to go with the Steamers in a very close one. Cool. Yep. Um, as Andre says, this will be a cracker to watch. It will be a cracking game um, on, uh, on on Sunday. Uh, as I say, I'll be there. So obviously. Post-match interviews will be coming to you from Northland versus Auckland, North Harbour versus Counties, Manukau, and Bay of Plenty versus Waikato. Um, so yes, that's my that's my schedule for this weekend. If you're at any of those games, then please do um, say hello. Uh, and if you'd like to help me pay for some of that petrol, um, head over to patreon.com forward slash driving more uh, and become a, become a supporter of the, of the, of the site. Uh, there'll be exclusive pieces. I'll be talking um, about for your ears only this Wednesday um, about players jumping into tackles because that's something we saw definitely uh, at the weekend. Um, and whilst I whilst taking players out in the air from a kick is one thing, taking them out from a pass I think maybe should be treated differently. So get my opinions on that um, on Wednesday. Um, thank you very much for joining me, um, uh, Stephen. No, not a problem. Been a privilege and a pleasure. Like I said at the beginning. Um, and um, if you want to look out for some of my tweets, I'm on at Stephen73 underscore H. So have, have a look. And Paul, you don't have to worry about paying for petrol on uh, Thursday evening. I'll be paying for it, mate. <laughs> Thank you. I've still got to get up to, uh, I've still got to get up to Auckland as well. Um, and they haven't put the high-speed train in yet, unfortunately. So there we go. So I've got to drive up there. But thank you, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow night with the Hash Rubbing Chat um, as well, uh, where Ashwin will be joining me. And we'll be going over all the Rugby World Cup warm-up games uh, and then on Wednesday night, um, Herman and Michael Paulman will join me for the All Blacks edition, where we will obviously dissect that Bledisloe Cup game and look forward to Bledisloe Cup 2 um, as well. So join me uh, over the next two evenings. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a good night.